0: Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Pastor James is going to go through Acts 13, probably Acts 14, too. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. How are you doing? Well, thank
1: you, Dorothy. I'm doing great this day. Uh, As we talked earlier about, it's 80-some degrees here in Kansas City, which I am very happy, but within the next two days, it's supposed to snow. (laughs) That's, I just showed you, you never know what's going to happen. The same thing with the, the spirit realm. I've been studying a little bit about how God changes things from, from time to time, to season to season, from kingdom to kingdom, to ruler to ruler. So that's why I tell people it's very important to pray. Pray. Because God listens to prayer. And he listens to praise and he listens to worship. If you do those three things, things will change in your life. I don't care how bad things are going. If you do those three things with consistency, don't give up. I don't care how bad things look, don't give up, then all of a sudden things will turn around for you. I sit in the period I look at the things that God has for us and, and one of the things is signs, wonders and miracles. Some of the signs is that um the book, the Bible itself, is a book of revelation. It comes from Genesis 3 and 15 all the way to the last scripture in the book of Revelation, Amen. Amen means, in Hebrew, means emit or truth. So from one end to the next is truth. And if we learn the truth, the truth will make you free. It will give you an understanding of how. God thinks, or how he operates. You won't understand anything about him, except the little bit that he allows you to learn. But if you walk in that little bit, that little bit of light, then God will give you more. And the more you, the more life you have, the more understanding you have. Because the devil is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life, and life more abundantly. Well, one of the things is, I want people to to call me in today and, you know, ask questions, because when the, the clock is ticking, and just like this weekend, we had a three-day service down here in Kansas City. It was on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it was to teach people how to do exorcism or deliverance. But most of them came down for deliverance. But, see, we need to get, get away from looking at uh, certain people able to do the exorcism and get in there for ourselves we need to learn this because he said the believer shall cast out devil the believer shall speak with uh, new tongue. the believer will walk in the spirit of God and if you're not walking in it you're not believing and the next thing you know you have doubt and unbelief and that's what stops people from getting their blessings doubt and unbelief Today, we're going to start off with Acts 13. The first verse, Acts 13, this is all about, as was from the beginning of Acts, is signs, wonders, and miracles. There's nothing you can read in any chapter in there that doesn't have signs, wonders, and miracles in there. So it says this, and now that we're at the church. In Antioch, certain prophets, teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, and they called Nigel and Lucas and Cyrene and Manarine, which had been brought up for Herod the Tyre and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and, and fasted. And the Holy Ghost, you notice it didn't say Holy, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereof I have called them. In other words, there is a time when things will be given one person to do and another person to do something different. And you gotta remember, the Holy is the three beings in heaven. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Spirit is connected to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit is in us. That's why it says, "Greater is He who's in us than He who's in the world." That's why it says, "The power of the sword is in the earthen vessel, which is the earthen vessel us." We're the ones that need to be feeding the Holy Spirit in us, and the only way He's going to grow is through fasting, prayer, and reading the Word. According to the Word, the stronger you, the more you read, the stronger you become. So here it is. And in um, and the third verse, it says, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now, in Hebrew, uh, one word can be ten different words at the same time. And one of the things for a hand is not physical hand. It can be. But most of the time, the word hand means thought. So, in other words, when you hear that they laid their hands on you, that means they thought about you. When it says God has His hand on you, that means God is thinking about you. He's remembering you, and when God remembers you, that's when all things happen. Like with Noah, when he was in uh, out there for 40 days and 40 nights, it says, "And God remembered him." Not that God forgets or anything, but I'm trying to—he's trying to let us know this is the way I operate. When you see. My thoughts are changing for you. That means I'm thinking about you. I'm remembering you. I want to change things. And it's all for his glory, not for yours. So here it goes. It says, and they've been uh, sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Lucindia, and from there they came to Syria. And when they had sailed over to Salai they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. What is the word of God? The prophecies, the prophecy leading to the Messiah before and after. And they also had John to their minister, or he was the one that was helping them. And when they had gone through the Isle of Patius, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus or the Son of Jesus, but that is not the Son of Jesus. That is just uh, the name that they had given him, but he was a false prophet, a sorcerer. In other words, he was able to do miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles. And just like with the Pharaoh back in the Old Testament in the book of uh, Exodus, his people are, could do miracles they could do signs and wonders but there was a time when it came up to where Moses and Aaron did certain things that they couldn't do and that's when they said this is the hand or the finger of God so we serve the most high God that's why we will have wars we will have rumors of wars we will have battles but we win if your confidence is in the word and what is the word It's God. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the more you learn the scriptures, the more you have an understanding of the revelation of Jesus Christ, the more you will have authority in the kingdom of God. So now let's look at it. It says, <clears throat> it says, which was with the deputy of the country us Paulius, a prudent man, called Barnabas and Saul, and desired to hear the word of God, or the prophecy. But Elumus, the sorceress, the same one, bar Jesus, for so was his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. There's always going to be people that's going to try to keep you from hearing the truth. Oh, you don't need to go to that church over there. They, they believe in angels and stuff. Jesus believed in angels. Uh, they, they believe in try to cast out demons. And that that stopped old, when the last apostle died. No, the last apostle never did die. There's 12 at any given time here on this earth that God puts us forth. And you'll even read where Jesus even talked about the apostles when they weren't even talking about apostles in the book of Luke, we'll do that later on. Then it says, then Saul, who is also called Paul filled with the Holy ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and mischief, thy child of the devils, those enemies of righteousness, will thou not cease to perverse the right way of the Lord? Now, behold, The hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou wilt be blind, and not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately fell upon him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed being the astonished doctrine of the Lord. In other words, when people see signs, wonders, and miracles, Those that are not so religious, they can't believe anything, but able to have their mind like a childlike and say, listen, I know I couldn't do it, and I ain't seen you doing it. So that means the hand of God must be with that person or with that denomination or with that church. Right now, I don't even say denomination anymore. He's either with that church or he's not. He's either bringing forth the word of God and letting people understand how the operation of the kingdom or they're operating in their own flesh. And they have, uh, all they're doing is reading authority, but they have no power to operate behind it. A lot of times when we're doing deliverance, and that's what Jesus Christ's teaching ministry is all about, is deliverance, is that we not only have uh, authority, but we have power. And the demons can look upon people, and they can see who has power and who has not. And a lot of times, if your church is going and nothing bad is happening to y'all at the church, most of the time you're walking with the devil. When you walk the opposite way of the devil, that's when he attacks you. That's when he tries to steal, kill, and destroy. If he's not trying to do that to you, you're walking in the wrong direction because if you're scared or timid, the Bible says that you will have your part in the lake of fire that burns forever. I'd rather be on fire for God now than to be on fire with the devil later. When I'm on fire with God now. I don't fear man and what they can do to me. I fear what the Holy Spirit can say and what the Holy Spirit does. And that I want to please my Master, which is the Most High God. Then it says um, in the thirteenth, thirteenth verse. Now when Paul and his company, loosened from Passium. They came to Pergi and Pamphylia, and John departed from them, returning to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Pergi, they came to Antioch in Sidonia, uh, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. What is the synagogue? A synagogue means a gathering of believers. Now, another word is called the church. Church means a gathering of believers. You don't have to have a certain building to gather for a person to have Jesus in the church. The Bible says if two or three are gathered in my name, there I'd be in the midst. And that means there's a body of believers. And there's a reason for that. You know, a lot of times we want to be like a cowboy and do everything on our own. When the Bible tells us that we're not an island, but connected with each other. We're the ones that are supposed to help one another. And to help one another, we bear each other's burden. We pray for each other. We fast for each other. We, at night, when everybody else is sleeping and stuff, we're the ones that's still saying a word for, uh, the word of the Lord so somebody can be free. But as I say, it's all about knowing the will of God, doing the will of God and staying away from the, the main thing that will destroy you. P R I D E. Pride. Pride will destroy you. And it belongs to the kingdom of darkness. Then it says on the 15th, and after the reading of the law and of the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them saying, you men and brethren, if you have any words of exhortation. For well, what the people say on. In other words, they say, hey, give us a word of encouragement. You know, we don't want no false prophet. Going to, and this happens in your churches today. You're getting ready to get a new house. You're getting ready to get a new car. You're getting ready to get a new husband, new boyfriend. But your life is not set up for what God wants. And you believe God's going to bless mess. No. God wants you to come out from among them. And touch not the unclean thing, and that's part of the prophecies. Everything you read from the book of Genesis all the way through is prophecy on how he wants us to live, and how the Messiah or the the ruling one, our master, would come along, and we would know him by his fruits, and then we shall be walking like him, and shall dwell with him, and have fruits. But like the fig tree, when Jesus walked up on that fig tree, he had leaves and everything. But it had no fruit, and he cursed that fig tree, and it died. The same thing with us. If we don't start producing fruit, and the first part of that fruit is love, show love for one another, and then the hardest thing for us to do sometimes is to love our enemies, people who are against us. But God has told us to strengthen ourselves in the blood of Christ. What does the blood mean? In the life of Christ. As you start to understand and change the words a little bit, you'll find that we're here to be in the image and likeness of his dear son. And the only way we can do that is if we humble ourselves and not through pride. It says, the 16th verse, Then Paul stood up and beckoned with his hand, saying, Men of Israel, and you that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our Father." I mean, The God of this people of Israel chose our father and exalted the people. And when they dwelled in a strange in the land of Egypt, they with a high arm brought them out of it. Now, the word Egypt means bondage. I mean, yes, it is a place overseas. Actually, the word Egypt means bondage. And see, we're in bondage here, right here around in the United States. As long as we're in Satan's territory. But here's the thing we have a God that wants to work with us to bring us out of the bondage that we will be the in charge, and that every niche abound, every tongue confess to the glory of God that Jesus is Lord and that He lives in us. That's why when we said when we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, that he would flee from us, it didn't say from God, from us. Because God wants to get us ready. And here we're getting ready to read now about times and seasons that God gets us ready. And we've been going through some times and seasons right now. Not only here today is 80 degrees, and in a couple more days we'll have snow here in Kansas City. But God is warning us. He prophesied things. He doesn't do anything until he tells his prophets what he's doing. And then he wrote it in the book so that we can go back. But he's those that have an ear to hear or a mind to receive, they can figure this out. But if they don't, they won't. So in the 18th verse, and it says, And above about that time of the 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land unto, the, unto them by lots. And after that he gave unto them judges for about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And then afterwards desired a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of sai a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the face by the face of forty years. And when he removed him, he raised up unto them David to be the king, to whom he gave testimony, and said, "I have found my David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfil all my will." Now the word David means my beloved, God has been looking for the time and season that He would have a man that would appear here, and this would be the one who's after God's own heart. There were four sh- uh, shadows like Enoch and stuff, but not until Jesus was came and He was the true beloved of God. Now, as we just got through reading just now, and I told you about the times and seasons. It says, first of all, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. He destroyed seven nations from in front of them. He divided their land, and he gave it unto Israel. And then he said, I'm going to set up a new thing. I'm going to set you up with judges first. And we had judges that were uh, ruling the people for about 450 years. Then God said, I'm going to change now. I'm going to have a prophet rule these, these lands. And so then came Samuel, the prophet. And he ruled, and his words, whatever he said, never hit the ground. Whatever he prophesied or said, it would come to pass. That's why when the prophets were walking into town, they used to say, do you come in peace? But now they don't fear the prophets or prophetess anymore because they, most of them don't have no power. If It would be uh, that when they move in the spirit, you can see it on a person. You can see the difference. Their skin glows. Their eyes glows. There's something in them that's bringing them up into the supernatural. But those that are not living for God, you can see that too, because there's a dark cloud over them, just like Paul said over that uh, over that saucer and spoke to him, and he couldn't see. Now, let's keep on going here, because there is a time it's coming again, that where we're going to be walking in that same gifts, those same powers, the same authority, that where the people are going to fear God, and they're going to fear you because you're with the Most High God. And it says, the 23rd, of this man's seed, God, accordingly to his promise, raised unto Jerusalem a Savior, and that Savior was Jesus. Remember, I was telling you about that David means uh, my beloved, he was waiting for his beloved, and his beloved name is jesus and When John had first preached before the coming of the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and John fulfilled his course, he said, "Think you that I am I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loosen, in other words. When John Baptist was here, John let people know he was not the beloved, but he was a, a, a forerunner of the beloved. He was a good man and everything, but they were waiting for the time and season of the Messiah, and the Messiah, time and season of the Messiah was Jesus. He had to come at the exact time when God needed him to be here. And here's another thing that I told you. The good news are the A good tidings, or the revelation of Jesus Christ is everything. It's everything we need to know. We get the knowledge there, and we get to see the signs, wonders, and miracles in the Bible. So when Jesus came to prove that he was the Messiah, he had to do three things, at least three. Now, there was a whole lot more, but the main three was, first of all, he had to heal a leopard. He had to pray for a man, and he'd get his eyes uh born blind and he had to pray for uh a deaf and dumb person, in other words, they knew about exorcism, they knew about casting out demons and stuff, but nobody had ever cast out a demon that they couldn't talk to or couldn't hear from him. That's why it was so important that he had to, had to uh, pray and open up the ears and the mouth of a deaf and dumb person. And that proved that he was the Messiah. That's just some of the proof. But as I tell you, it's all about the book of Revelation. And it's not just the chapter of Revelation, but the whole book, which is all pointing to Jesus. And the twenty sixth verse it says, Men and brothers, children of the stock of Abraham, and whoever fear among you fear God, to you is the word of this salvation or the message. That's what I, I like this book they call it the message book. If you get a chance, go ahead and read it. For they that's another interpretation beside the King James or the New King James or the Rothham and all that. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not nor yet the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day when they fulfilled them in condemning him. In other words, before Jesus was crucified, he was already already, uh, prophesied that he would die, that he would be crucified. You'll find that in the book of Psalms, the 22nd chapter. If you get a chance, look it up. I'm telling you, it's all about the prophecies. And through they found no cause of death in him, yet they desire, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, see, as Jesus said, I come in the book that is written written of me, this is what he said, all had to be filled that was written of him. They took him down from the tree and laid him in the scepter, and God raised him from the dead. And he he had seen many days of them which came up, with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are in his witness unto the people. In other words, when he rose from the dead, other people rose from the dead. That should have convinced them now, then that Jesus is Lord. But they didn't believe it. Some of them did, some of them don't. He said, and we declare unto you glad tidings, or the good news, on that the promise which was made unto our fathers, fulfillment of the prophecies and God had fulfilled the same unto their children in that he had raised Jesus up again as it is also written in the second Psalm thou art my son this day I have begotten thee and it's, and it's concerning that he raised him up from the dead now no more to return to corruption he said on this way I will give you the Sure mercies of David, of my beloved. Wherefore he said unto the of the psalmist, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had, had served his generation by the will of God, fell on sleep, and he was laid in his in his fathers, laid unto his father, and saw corruption. In other words, David died. He did not raise from the dead. But when Jesus died, he raised before the fourth day because they consider corruption of the body on the fourth day. They believe that the spirit is gone. There's nothing you can do to bring it back. But here Jesus came back to let them know, hey, look, I don't even have to let my body stay there to where it corrupts or starting to disintegrate. And he came back because he was raised by God himself. All right. On um, the thirty-seven, it says, But he whom God raised again, seen no uh, corruption or decay, but he knew, unto, but be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. By him all that believe are justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, at least you come unto you which is spoken of the prophets behold you uh despise you see you despise and wonder and perish for i work a work in your days a work which you shall no wise believe through though a man declares it unto you in other words it's the prophecy all this stuff is about the prophecy it was prophesied there would be a uh a, a savior born It was prophesied that he would be born in uh uh oh, where is that? He called a son huh? that he was born in uh Bethlehem, and which means house of bread. He all the things that he was prophesied about, and it was said it would be in a man. Now here's the thing. Most of you don't understand when they talk there's a difference between Jesus and the Christ. Jesus is a man. That's why it says um, about there's only one mediator between God and man. And then it says the man, Christ Jesus. And they put Christ first before they put Jesus. And then, you know, he came down from glory. He is the king of glory. And if the people had known, the ones that crucified him, had known that he was the king of glory, they never would have crucified him because it was, fulfilling the scriptures. That's the main thing the devil is trying to destroy. He does not want you to know the scriptures. He don't want you to understand the scriptures. He wants you to be dumb. He wants you not to receive the word of God. He don't want you to see how the word is interpreted or the true meaning of the word. That's why I said, he who the son sets free, who is the son, the word, is free indeed. He doesn't want you to get there. And that's why we, as the children of God, we must read, we must study, we must practice, and I mean practice, practice by casting out demons. Well, how do you cast out demons? First of all, I was with uh, Bob Larson Ministry, so this is what I learned. You confront, identify it, deal with it, then cast it out. What do you mean by confront, preacher? Well, first of all, and as I say, it's all about the prophecy. It's all in this thing. Confront can be done two ways, verbal and nonverbal. Verbal, you can be quoting scriptures. One of the scriptures that the demons really hate is Psalms 18. They also hate Psalms 51, and they also hate Psalms 82, that God judges among the gods. And the one that we use for protection in our houses is Psalms 91. They can't stand those scriptures. So that's why we use those scriptures. Those is the word of God. And the more we use the word, the stronger we become. And then we don't go around looking for somebody else to pray for us, but knowing that God hears our prayer and that God answers our prayer and that God has got you in a season the where he wants you to do what your assignment is. Sometimes we're not into our, we are not where we're supposed to be assigned. So we don't get the provision that we need. Some people say, well, God has three wills, the good, perfect, and uh, permissible will. No, God has one will, his will, and the will is the good will, the perfect will. So if we would do what God wants, then we receive the the, uh, results that God wants for us. I say the more more I read, the more I understand, the more I love the word of God. And anybody, anybody that really want to know God, you have to learn to study. You have to put some time off to where you understand there are seasons, there's callings, there's uh, different things that you're going to go through. And remember that God loves you. He really loves you. There's a person out there right now thinking about committing suicide. But I want you to know, you're hearing this voice because God wants to talk to you. He wants you to know that the promises are yay and amen. It's not just dead words on the dead page. But if you would try him, if you reach out and say, Lord, I have sinned. I have no way of making it in except through you. You're the salvation. You're the one who... Uh, is able to save me you're the one who's able to lift me up and then give your life to him and watch what he does he'll change your 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 midnight into day he said weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning these are not just words to be said but this this is truth the word of god is truth all right i'm take a little small break here does anybody want Have any questions and want to call in? Uh, Darcy, will you give them the number and stuff?
0: The number is 646-595-4784 and press 1 so I know you have a question. All right.
1: Do you have anything you want to ask or comment?
0: The only thing that has come into my mind is that on deliverance and casting out demons, I think we have a responsibility to do that as well as, you know, yes, we can and, yeah, we need our own self-deliverance. But I think as part of the calling on a believer's life, I think we're responsible to do that for people. So not just mm-hmm. go seeking for our, you know, seeking for our own selves, but learn how to do it for others. I think that is an actual responsibility.
1: That's right. You know, we're we're all in this this world together, and we're all here to help build this world with love. And if there's no greater love than to give up your own life to help somebody else. And I don't mean you got to die and stuff, but to give up your life to say, hey, look, there's a soul there that needs to be saved. I need to go over there and witness. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to make fun of me and everything. I don't care. My job is to go over there and try. That's why the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. All right, let's keep on going here down to the uh, uh, 32nd verse. And as I tell you, it's all about prophecy, all about prophecy, all about prophecy. It a 32nd, we declare unto you the uh, good tidings and that the promises which were made unto our Father. God has fulfilled the same unto their children, and he has raised Jesus up again. And it also written in the second Psalm. See, that's why I'm trying to get you back there again, Psalm. So, Thou art my son this day, I have begotten you. And if you read 34, you'll read some more of the scriptures. And then you read 35, there's some more. Then it says, uh, 36, and David, after he has served his generation. So there is a time and a season for every person who's born in a generation to do something that God has for us to do something. And then keep on going there down to um, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached uh, unto you, the forgiveness of sin, that is Jesus. You know, the reason I keep going back over these things is because you got to plant these seeds. You say, what I heard it once, you've been there once. Listen, you want something to grow? You say it over and over again. You put it into your heart. Then you water it. That way it can grow and bring forth fruit, some 60, some 60, 100, 120 in some scriptures here but it uh 39 and by him all that believe are justified from all things by which they could not be justified by the law of Moses the law of Moses there were 613 laws and you had to keep those laws every day no person can keep 613 laws except jesus and that's because he believed it and received it and did it. He didn't try to question the father. Why you do this? Why you do that? What's this law for? No. He just walked by faith and not by sight. It says 40. Beware, therefore, at least that comes upon you that was spoken by the prophets. See, back to the prophecy again. Behold you, thighs and wonder and perish. See, all these things. That's where he goes back to the, another scripture where it talks about they could hear, but they can't hear. They see. And they can't see, because if they could see and hear, then he would save them. they would understand, but most people know nope. if if it ain't if it ain't uh God ain't a genie, I don't need him. We need God, and God has ordained us to do the work for him. That's what we need to do forty second it says, and when the Jews had gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that their word might be preached unto them the next Sabbath. In other words, here's the religious person, the Jewish people. They they had different things like the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, uh, Zeronians, lawyers, and all these different things. But then there was another group of people there called the Gentiles, and that means a person who has not a covenant or a blood covenant with our God. But they hear it, and they want the word. And because they want the word, God has given it to us. We are those Gentiles. We would, I hear people say, well, I was born a Hebrew. You don't know what you were born because all the records were destroyed when the uh, fire was in, the, uh, in Jerusalem in 70 A.D. So you, you don't know if you're a Jew, uh, born a Jew or not, but you can be made a Jew by believing the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. All right. And for those that understand what I'm talking about, there is a doctrine that's going around, oh well I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews and stuff. You don't have no thing, can't go past nowhere till uh past through let's see, seventy AD, when it was destroyed all the records of the Jewish family. All right. Let's keep on going. Now when the congregation, forty third was broken up, and many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul. Proselyte means that one that changed over. They were Jews, and they, I mean, they were uh, they were Gentiles, and they turned to go to Christ. Paul and Barnabas, who speaking unto them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. A lot of people are talking about grace of God. That means God will cover all the things you do wrong. No. Grace is that God is willing to save you. He's willing. That's grace right there. Because we got the punishment. We're supposed to be a good in, according to the law. The wages of sin is death. But he said, "I give you life and life more abundantly if you accept and keep the word and obey the word." That's why we have to study the word. Uh, Forty four. And the next Sabbath day came among the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, And they were filled with envy and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken unto you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourself unworthy for for everlasting life, lo, we return to those that have no covenant, but they want to be saved, and that is the Gentiles. For so has the Lord commanded us that I have set thee to be a light or understanding to the Gentiles that thou should be for salvation until the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed for the word of the Lord was published throughout all the religion for the Jews stirred up the devoted and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook the dust off their feet against them and came into Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. In other words, when people persecute you because of the things of God, be happy, be happy. Because that means you were counted worthy to suffer for the, the glory of God. And the glory of God is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of times, as I say, we don't study the word like we should or we haven't been taught how to study the word. There's the scriptures on how to do it. It's in Isaiah, the 28th chapter, starting with the ninth verse. It says, those that want to know knowledge. And this is how it is. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Why did God repeat it repeated twice? Because He wants you to get this. Then it says, uh, "Here little, there little." In other words, He says you're going to, have to search this thing over and over again, line upon line, line upon line. He wants you to pick out those those scriptures and put them together. So after a while, it would be like water; it runs smoothly down the thing. You don't see water one going north, one going south, another going. The water flows together. Well, as we start to learn the word and eat the bread, we will flow together. We'll be up on one accord. We'll be speaking one language. In other words, we'll speak the language of the saved one, the one who created everything, and that is Jesus. And he taught us about love, one another, love thy neighbor that hates you, Love those that despisely use you. Love them, but don't, I ain't tell you to be a, uh, a, 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 a rag mopping where you can just wild all over you. No, your job is to show love, but have power in restraint. In other words, you could go off on them You could tell him what you think and what you feel, but we're trying to take love and overcome evil. We're trying to do good to overcome the things that are bad. And maybe, you never know, somebody might look at you, might listen to you, and turn from their wicked ways. All right, if there's anybody out there right now that want to call in and ask questions, this would be the time to do it. Uh, uh, Dorothy, do you have any questions?
0: No, I'm good. No questions in the queue yet.
1: Okay. So that
0: means you're understanding everything, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Either one of two things. Either I'm a good teacher or a bad teacher. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope people, I hope they're getting it truthfully. Because there is going to be a time of darkness. And when that darkness comes, they won't be able to understand what I'm teaching now. It will be hidden from them. And when it, during that time will be hidden, all hell is going to be breaking loose here. Those that know their God, as in the book of Daniel, will do great exploits, signs, wonders, and miracles. But those that does not understand now, they're going to get go deeper and deeper in darkness. They won't understand because they're not asking questions so they can get a clear understanding or they don't want to study they want somebody else to read everything to them, and, and that's not what I'm here for. I mean, I'm here to get them excited, to get into the word for themselves, to where they can see what the word of God can do for them and how they can operate in and help somebody else. Now well, we'll go into chapter 14, man. And it came to pass in Iconia that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, And he spoke that a great multitude both of Jews and also of the Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their their mind evil, affected against the brethren. Long time, therefore, abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony in the word of his grace and granted signs, wonders, to be done by their hands. and Remember one of the things I told you about hands. mean their thoughts. You have to first of all have a plan. God has to have a thought in your mind. A plan. And as you start to speak those plans. It sends out a vibration. It sends out a noise. And those things start to change things. That's why when Jesus said. Uh, the Holy Spirit said walk around the, uh, the wall. And uh, on the seventh day, blow the horn and stuff, and it vibrated the wall, and it came down, wall of Jericho. It's the same thing now. We call them strongholds, and we have the enemy out there. We got to make a frequency sounds and noise to destroy those things, and we do that by quoting what the Holy Spirit tells us to say. You want power? Hear from the Holy Spirit. You want Uh, anointing, hear from the Holy Spirit. You want joy, hear from the Holy Spirit. When you hear from the Holy Spirit, these things will be produced in you. How do you hear from the Holy Spirit? Read the word so that the word can come back to talk to you. You speak the word and God loves his word and he will communicate to you through his word. Sometimes all you have to do is read it. And he'll put a thought in your mind. You speak that thought and then things will come to pass. I've seen many people that uh, miracles have happened, like blind eyes open, deaf ears open, jobs come in. Whatever you need, the Lord will take care of your need if you're willing to believe. uh, Let me see where we at now. Uh, The fourth verse. And now the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And there was no and and when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rules to use them despisefully and stone them, they were aware of it and fled into Leicester and different cities of Laconia, and into the regions that lied around about. And they and they preach the gospel. What is the gospel? I keep telling y'all, it is the prophecies. You preach the prophecies and then show that God has brought those things to pass. And there's other things coming, just like uh, people preach for thousands of years that Israel will become a nation again. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't believe it. Look, thousands of years has passed and nothing done happened. But yet and still, 1948. Israel overnight became a nation. That just didn't just happen. It was already preached in the gospel, and it came to pass. And then it says, and there sat a certain man at Lytrim Le- 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 and in his feet, being crippled cryptic- from his mother's womb, who never walked. The same heard Paul speaking, who steadfastly beheld him and received that he had faith to be healed. He said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw that Paul had done, they lifted up their voice, speaking in the speech of Laconians, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, Mercury, because he was the chief speaker. Then the speaker, then the priest of Jupiter which was before the city brought oxes and uh, garland and unto the gate and would have done sacrifice worshiping or with the people worshiping. When the uh, apostle Barnabas and Paul heard, heard of they rinsed their clothes and ran among the people crying out saying, sir, why do you do these things? We are also men like you with passions, but like with you and preach unto you, that you should turn away from thy vanity, the uselessness, and serve the living God, which made heaven and earth, and the sea and all things therein, who in time past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without a witness, that in that, that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and a fruitful season, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Now, in other words, here they, they think because of the miracles, and that's what I try to tell people, I, I do it all the time. Oh, you must be, you, you're a god or something, or, boy, the miracles are happening. Boy, all, you got power, you got the healing. No, I don't have nothing. I take you to the healer. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the miracle worker. I remember one time I walked in this lady's house, and the demon hollered out, oh, God. I said, nope, I'm James. I let him know, hey, you're not going to get me up on no pedestal so I can get whooped. So that's what they want you. is I said, pride, pride, pride. That's the thing that will take you down. It's better to be humble. Better to be humble. The, the Lord can lift you up. The pride will take you down. And so they want to let them know, hey, look, we're not gods. We're men just like you. We have passions and everything else. We have things that we have done wrong. But we want to to teach you about the living God, the one that made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that's in. So the 16th verse, it says, who in time past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. In other words, uh, God led people in the beginning to different nations and stuff walking what they thought is right. That's why they were worshiping trees and all this other stuff, and he wasn't destroying them. He wanted to let them see those things were useless. There is nothing that they can do for you. There's only one true God, and that is the living God. He's the one that can bring things to pass. He's the one that rewards you. He's the one that blesses you going in and blesses you going out. And he wanted somebody to be a witness for him, so that's why he chose Abraham. Abraham was uh, one of the first witnesses. And to show you what I'm talking about as a witness, uh, if you read the history about Abraham, Abraham's father was an idol worshiper, and he made idols. And so he taught his children to worship idols, and Abraham was one of his child. So uh, one day, Abraham decided to feed those idols, because that's where he thought all the blessings came from. So he brought food in there, and the next day the food was still there. So he thought he insulted the God by not giving him enough food. So he went, brought more food the next day. And they, he came back, and the food was still there. Then he realized the, the, the uh, idols and stuff had no power. So what he did was he took a uh, hammer, and broke up all the gods in his father's house except for this big one. And he gave that big one the hammer. And then he t- when his father came in, he said,
2: what happened?
1: The big one there, he got mad at the little ones trying to eat his food. And he destroyed them all. And so his father said, you know that thing had no power. He said, well, if he ain't got no power, why do you serve him? And that's the same thing that we have now. Why serve sin when you know you're going to pay a price and the price is death. When you can serve the living God and you shall be raised from the dead, it shows all through the Bible. Jesus said we will, will be raised from the dead if we obey. I'd rather go through some suffering now than to go through eternity without the most high God loving me because he will one day Turned his back and said, "It is finished." And that's what we don't want to hear. Unless it's, "Come on in, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord." All right. I'm still calling out there for people to call in. Now, I'm saying, uh, I remember one preacher I used to know. Of, he did. He said, "Now call in. Let me know that you're out there." He said, "If not, I'll start singing." And you didn't want to hear him sing. And same thing with me. I remember one time I started singing, a brother told me, he said, Brother Vivian, remain in your calling. <laughs> and singing is not one of
2: them. All right.
1: Uh, let's talk. Right, we'll come back and finish 14. Man. Let's go and talk about casting out demons. Let's turn to, and what the people how they turned against the men and women of God that were doing this. So let's turn to Luke, the 11th chapter, starting with the first verse. Luke, the 11th chapter, starting with the first verse. Because, see, you need to get some background about what does the Holy Spirit do? What is the people going to do we
0: against have a, you? We have a hand raised. We have a question. Okay. i 702. Your mic's open, 702.
3: <clears throat> all right. Can you hear me, Pastor?
1: <clears throat> yes, I can.
3: Okay. So I have a question, and it's regarding uh, the different heavens.
1: Okay. That's
3: all a little bit confusing to me, and I've just recently started looking into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard from certain servants of the Lord um, that there is a second heaven and that our prayers in order to get to the Lord have to go through that second heaven and Mm -hmm. that there are often sometimes now this sounds a little strange but uh, maybe uh, witches or evil angels in the spirit that are assigned to prevent our prayers from getting to the Lord. And I just, that just sounds kind of strange to me since God is with us and he's in Mm -hmm. us and he's omnipotent. So how is is that real
1: or what's happening? Yes. See, the God that we serve is not willing to force us to do anything. He didn't want robots. He wants us to have a free will. And because of these, what they call the Watchers, you can find it in the book of Daniel. They did not keep their first estate. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. And so they were uh, put in chains and locks in the second heaven. Now, Because Adam gave away this world, our God is the God that's going to come back and get this world. But right now, the God of this world is Satan. And because of that, he has power in the first heaven right here on the earth. And the second heaven is where the fallen angels or the watchers are held. So we got to, first of all, fight through the first heaven. We have to. That's why it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. God has put it in our, in our power to fight. But if we don't fight, then we lose the battle. Each one of us that comes in, as a believer, we come in as a warrior. And God backs up, you know, he has power in us, and he gives us authority But if we don't use the power, if we don't use the authority, we get beat. It's just like when a person gets sent to a war zone. If the nation that sends you there doesn't train you how to fight and give you a weapon, I don't care if they're the biggest nation in the world, you go over there without a weapon, without uh, protection, you will be killed. You will be captured. And that's the same thing here because of the high treason that happened back in the beginning of the garden. So as we become believers, we start to have understanding and knowledge about what the word says, the prophecies and stuff. And that's what leads us how to pray. Sometimes we have to fast. Sometimes we have to pray certain scriptures. And it gives us strength to fight through the first and second heaven. And once we get through the second heaven, which is I said that's where the fallen angels are. Plus, in between that, the first and second, you got power with the enemy. You got witches, warlocks, magicians, archons. Uh, there's so many things in there. There's no way you can anybody can even name them all. But we have to fight them all. And as you as you start to submit yourself unto God and resist the devil. You build up a fire in you by the Holy Spirit. That's why we call it Holy Ghost Fire, Holy Ghost Fire, Holy Ghost Fire, because that fire is building up in us so that we can battle the enemy. Now, uh, one of the things I heard, as you're praying and fasting, the uh, intensity of the fire gets stronger. And just like with Daniel, when he was praying, He prayed for 21 days, trying to get an answer from God. But the Bible says, when Gabriel showed up, he said, God heard you from the first day you got yourself ready. But I was resisted, or had to fight in the atmosphere with a prince of Persia. And while he was fighting there, he couldn't get nowhere. So that's why he was battling back and forth. But because Daniel was praying. And wasn't quitting his prayers Then he was able to keep on praying till Michael the archangel saw what was going on Michael came in and got into the fight Gabriel was able to get away To go over to give Daniel The uh, answer to his prayer But it took 21 days So that's why I said We can't can't give up We got two heavens we got to fight again And that's the first and second heaven Now when Jesus comes here From the third heaven and, and uh, he'll rule and reign for a thousand years, then Satan will be let out again, and people will be tricked again. Even though they can see God on earth, they're going to be tricked again, and then there's going to be a, a great white throne judgment. And at that time, all those that don't make it, all those that uh, fail the judgment or the beam of sleep, will be cast into the lake of fire. And those that are left, we will have uh eternity to be here on earth with God. A lot of people are always talking about when well, I'm going up to heaven in the golden streets and I'm going to get my mansion up there but the Bible teaches that we're going to rule and reign down here. So okay. We will have power so, that we can change things.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying that uh there was an actual battle cuz I, I now that you bring up Daniel, I do remember that. But so you're saying mm-hmm. that even as great as Gabriel was, whoever is this Prince of Persia, was it the actual yeah. Prince of Persia or is it a, 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 an evil angel?
1: It was uh, what they call principality. Okay. a principality. Okay. Spirit. So it was a pretty big evil guy. One. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. He was like a general in the in the military. Wow. And see. Mhm. And it's just like what you read in the book of Revelation where it says that uh the uh Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels. So, so it's a war going on.
3: That when uh preachers or other uh servants I hear I hear that all the time about it's a war going on. And you know, I've I've just thought, Okay, right, you know, we're the where the saints, you know, were kind of in the Lord's army, per se. So you're saying that there is a war going on, and the righteous angels and the evil angels are still fighting each other. Right. Them own selves, separate from mankind.
1: Right. And what strengthens them is our prayers.
3: Wow.
1: The uh, witches and warlocks, they do spells and stuff, and that strengthens the devil. And strengthen the kingdom of darkness, we do fasting and prayers and worship and strengthen the kingdom of light, and the angels they are of the kingdom of light, so there's a physical battle going on huh and there's so many in the in the spirit realm, there's no way we can even count them
3: right right well, I'll tell you what I, I, I was I was being bothered by that. But the way that you put mm-hmm. that makes, it, makes a little more sense because I was thinking to myself, well, that's just, that doesn't make any sense if the Lord's with us, but uh, mm-hmm. that, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to say God
1: wants us to be individuals. He doesn't want us to be a robot. He wants us to enter into war so that it was our forefathers that gave permission or gave the kingdom uh, of earth. Satan Because if you read the genealogy You'll find out that It goes all the way back And it says that Adam Was the son of God So Adam was the God on this earth And he thought he can get more power By uh, Surrendering himself under Satan That he can Go up and get God's power Don't realize Hey we were being trained For God's power anyway but because of what we, what was done in the garden, we had to go through bondage. We had to go through hell, the wilderness experience. And wonder, where is God? Well, God is still there. But he's watching us to see what we're going to do. When right. we fight, he, he enters in and helps us. Sometimes he might back off and say, okay, let me see if you really believe me. Do you really trust me? And when he does that, then that's when we get worried. Well, where's God? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Why ain't God answering my prayer? Because there's certain times and seasons that you got to grow up. And if he kept doing everything for you, you'll never grow up. And people never appreciate things until they have to fight for something. Let give you an example be hungry, and there's no food in the house and no way to get food, you will go out and attack people to get something to eat if you're that hungry. That's the same oh. thing now. If we really get hungry and thirst after God, we're willing to chase after him. We're willing to do whatever it takes to get him and to walk with him. And it's a day-by-day battle. That's why I said, give us this day, our daily bread, our our instructions on how to defeat the devil for this day. Did I answer your question?
3: Well, yeah. Actually, you completely answered the question. Okay. Do
1: you have any more questions?
3: Uh, No. Uh, That was the only one I had prepared, and everything else has been... Sounding pretty good so far this this week. <laughs> well, thank ask, you. So. Yes, sir.
1: Okay. Well, we're getting ready to go to uh, Luke, the 11th chapter, so we can talk about dealing with demons. demons, dealing with the spirits and stuff, and how we are, that Jesus showed us the example, and as we walk the example, we'll understand how we're supposed to change to be like Jesus. Okay. Thank you very much, caller, uh, Daniel. Talk to you later. Okay. Is there any other out there, Dorothy, before I start reading again?
0: No, but I do want to mention I just watched an excellent movie on I think it's ChristianVideo.com. It's called Heaven's Mm -hmm. War, and it shows you very realistically what is actually going on in the spiritual realm. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. sort of sci-fi, but not. And it's a Christian movie, like I said. It was so good. So, because a lot right. of us don't yeah. see that. We can't see that, you know. It's just it's hard to see, but this movie really brings it home.
1: All right. And I'm saying they got a lot of Christian movies coming out again lately. And, you know, instead of listening to all this junk that's out there, we need to get back to what, you know, old fashioned uh, morals and do those things that's pleasing to God so God can bless us. All right. I'm going to start here at Luke, the 11th chapter. And it's going to teach us about praying and a few other things right now. So here is it is. And it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, and that's Jesus, when he seeks, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John has taught his disciples. In other words, there are certain ways that you, that you really need to learn how to pray. I know people say, just pray out of your heart and stuff. But God loves his word. If you quote scriptures like in Psalms and stuff like David did, God said, this is a man after my own heart. Because of that, God hears those prayers. He answers those prayers quickly. Versus then people just, Lord, give me this, give me that. They act like he's a genie and that he's supposed to give them everything they want because they asked him. But that's not the way the kingdom is set up. Is set up to realize that we have a king. And he because he is a king, we have to worship him like a king and praise him like a king because he is. But see, he also wants to be our father. But like I told my kids, I said, listen, if we're friends, great. If we're not friends, great. Either way, I'm still your father. And in other words, let them know. I love you, but there are certain rules. You will obey the rules, and we'll get along. If you don't obey the rules, we won't get along. All right, so here it is. It says, verse number two, it says, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in heaven, so in earth. Now, that word, uh, you know, when he says our father, it's the Hebrew word Abba. And Abba means uh, daddy, and a closeness of one who is, who that we came out of. So that's why he said, call him father and then reverence him, praise him who art in heaven. And, give, and it says, hallowed be thy name. The word name means authority. In other words, we want to be in the kingdom. We want to honor God. We want to do those things that's pleasing in His eyesight. That we can hear good and faithful servant enter into the joys of the Lord. And this is going to happen one way or the other. You know, we can either do it willingly, or we can do it through trials and tribulations. But sooner or later, you will understand that God is. A reward of them that diligently seek him. So it says, Thy, thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. And in other words, when they talk about God has a permissive will and a good will and a perfect will, no, he has one will, the good will. And that means for you to do those things that's right in his eyesight. Then it says, Give us day by day our daily bread, our instructions. No, what are the instructions? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. But you don't understand, preacher, how bad people treat me. They do this to me. Listen, he didn't ask you how bad these people do to you. He said that you're supposed to ask your instructions. Some days God wants you to pray for the person. He wants you to fast for a person. Well, why should I do that? They ain't never did nothing for me. That is not what the question is. The question is, what are you going to do about God? And he said, ask each day what you're supposed to do to serve him and the people. And then the, the fourth one says, forgive us our sins, for we have for also everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not or bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Now, there's a book called the Rotham Interpretation. And instead of saying evil, it says the evil ones. And that's because there's a lot of demons out here, a lot of devils out here. And there's people, they are here not to be saved, but to cause the test, to put you through the test so that you may lose and be destroyed. But as you learn to treat people good, even when they treat you bad, when you learn to love people when they don't love you, and you say nice things to them, and they say bad things to you. You're walking in the love of God. And because of that, you shall be blessed. You may not receive it right now, but you're going to be blessed. The Bible says, you know, God lends to the poor. And that doesn't mean just money. It means knowledge. Poor in spirit means poor in understanding. And if you try to give person understanding and you're winning souls, God's going to bless you. He will not. Be indebted to somebody because God got the cattle on a thousand hills. So if you give to Him, He's going to definitely give back to you. The fifth verse says, And He said unto them, Which of you having a friend and shall go unto Him at midnight and say unto Him, Friend, let me three loaves. And you know, there's always numbers about God. There's something about numbers that God operates three, one, three, five, seven, ten. 40, 80, 100, 120. If you start checking those numbers out, you'll find that God has a reason for everything. There's nothing that He does not have a purpose for. They said, For a friend of mine in his journey had come unto me, and I have nothing to, for him to eat. And he said, Un, From within shall answer him, saying, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give. Now this is what uh people would think, you know, you supposed to be my friend, you waking me up at night. This is the things that run to a person's mind. But but if you're a true friend let's see what it says and I said unto you though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of the inautunity he will rise and give him as many as he needs. In other words, his thoughts was, "Ah, I'm in the bed, I ain't getting up. But because he's friend, he get up and give him whatever he needs. And that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to sacrifice ourselves, not just life and death, but our time, our understanding, our belief is to love one another as we want to be loved. And then it says, uh, the ninth verse, it says, And I said unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find not, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks is receiving, and he that findeth the him, it, uh, seeketh shall find, and he that not, it shall be opened. Well, a lot of times people think, well, that means for, uh, uh, for how you want things from God. No. It'll tell you in a minute the Bible always interprets itself, but it hides things. And you have to jump around from here scripture, there scripture, a little here, a little there, till you finally get the whole answer. But I'm gonna give you the answer. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. When you uh if you want the Holy Spirit, this is how you get it. You got to ask, you gotta seek for it, and you gotta knock. Until it's open and the Holy Spirit will come into you. That's why he says, I knock at your door. Open up and he shall come in. Psalms 24, open up and the king of glory shall come in. He's talking about our heart, our mind, our being, to let God take over. All right. And he says, if a son shall ask the 11th verse, if a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him uh, Will he give him a serpent? Or if he asks of an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If then you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give them the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, you notice, it didn't say Holy Ghost. It said Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is in heaven. The three are one. But to have a, a fellowship with us, he, he created another being, and the being is called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us. And if we let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us, we become more and more like our Father, which is in heaven. We become more and more like our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, the more and more that we resist the devil, the more we become like the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost shows love, joy, and peace. Love, joy, and peace. So now, after you get this, now let's see what it says next. This is where I'm talking about the war. And he, and he, which cast out a devil, and it was done. And it came up to pass that when the devil had gone out of the dung, the people wondered signs, wonders, and miracles. all right, you cannot cast out a devil until first of all, you have the Holy Spirit and then the reason you have the Holy Spirit because you are a believer that's what it talks about being baptized. it doesn't mean baptized in water, it means baptized in the spirit because when you get baptized in the spirit you move to another level of thinking. Your thoughts are not the same as what it was before. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all education of truth, that your mind will not be tricked. You'll discern what's going on, and you will be not dumb, but be wise. Okay, now see now what it says, back to 14. It says, he was casting out a devil and it was dumb, and it came to pass when the devil had gone out, the dumb spoke, and the people wondered, but some of them said he cast out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Others testing him or tempting him sought of him uh, for him a sign from heaven, but he, knowing their thoughts. Now, in other words, Jesus can read their thoughts. There are times when the Holy Spirit will let you read other people's thoughts. And you, they'll be saying, Well, how do you know this? You? It's the Holy Spirit that's doing it, it's not us. Now, there's people like witches and warlocks, they deal with what they call familiar spirits. In other words, here you're born, you got an angel from heaven, you got an angel from hell. But when you die, the angel from heaven escorts your spirit back up. But the one that's from hell is still here on the earth. And what he does, he's walking around looking for uh, a place for him to rest. But a lot of times you might go to these psychics and stuff, and they can call these familiar spirits. And when they do that, they say, oh, you live at uh, 3105 Norton. You've been there for 50 years. And you say, oh, that's a prophet Our prophet is No. They're dealing with familiar spirits because that spirit was with that person in your family, and this psychic was able to call it up. That's why when uh, Saul was looking for Samuel, and uh, he went to the witch of Endor, and she thought she was calling up one of her familiar spirits, and ended up calling Samuel herself and got scared. All right, let's keep on going. This is every kingdom... Divided against itself is brought to desolation or ruin, and the house divided against the house falls. If Satan be divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? Because you said, I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and Beelzebub is the prince of devils. And he said, if I by Belzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judge. Before Jesus was here, they were already casting out devils. That was one of the things that uh, it was like normal living back then. They knew there were demons. And every religion you you study, there are demons in every religion. And they have to do uh, uh, rituals and seances and all this other stuff to cast out demons. We, the children of God, we can cast them out by a word. We can cast them out by... Symbols that say like the Bible, they can't stand that. Holy water, they can't stand that. The sign of the cross, they can't stand that. And these are the weapons that I we use. They say our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Warfare means we're supposed to do the fighting, not the angels. Yes, they're fighting alongside of us to help us, but we're supposed to be praying and fasting and worshiping and it's giving our angels stronger and strength and everything, and it's strengthened us in the spiritual realm. All right? Then it says, the 20th verse, it says, But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is coming upon you. It's close. It's near. It's right here. When a strong man's arm keeps his palace, his goods are peace. But when a strong man, but when he's stronger than he, shall come upon him and overcome him. He takes from him all of his armor where he trusted and divides his spoil among his group. Now, here's what he said. Those that are with me, you are strengthened by me. But those that are against me, you you lose your power. You lose your anointing. And the enemy comes and attacks you. That's why I said he knows who's got power and who ain't got power. And he comes to steal. What is he trying to steal? Your anointing. He's trying to steal your knowledge. He's trying to kill kill you so that you will be no effect to the kingdom. Our job is to kill them. Our job is not physically go out there and take a knife like it used to be or a sword, but we have power to speak things into existence. We can speak against the uh, unholy angels and stuff. We can call... Uh, curses upon them. That's what Jesus did when he looked at that fig tree. And he said, and he cursed the fig tree. He didn't pray for it to bless or anything. He cursed it. And it died from its roots. That's where we got to learn to fight from the root of everything. Then it says, uh, the 23rd, it says, He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me is scattered. When an unclean spirit that's a devil, a demon, uh, Satan, Jezebel, anything of the kingdom of darkness. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. He says, I returned to my house once I came out. When you cast out a demon and you're in the middle of a most of the time a demon will tell you, this is my house. You can't cast me out. I've been here a long time, and I'm not leaving. I'm a stubborn spirit. Well, that's because if if you think about it, if that was your house, how hard would you fight? If your family was in there, how hard would you fight to keep that? Well, we're the stronger being, so we're supposed to fight even stronger to get them out. All right? And said when he comes, he finds it swept and garnished. But another part of that, it says, and it was empty. In other words, when a person has been set free and he don't put the word in him or she don't put the word in them, they are empty, and that's why the devil comes back in there. Then it says, then he goes in and takes to him seven other spirits, more wicked or stronger than himself, that they enter in and dwell there or live there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. In other words, that demon said, okay, they cast me out the first time, but I'm going to make sure I don't get cast out this time because there ain't nothing in there. They done had it cast out, but there ain't nothing in there. It's just cleaned up, so now I'm going to take these other guys in there, stronger than me, and that'd be one plus seven, which makes eight, which means new beginnings. He's taking in these eight, the eight of them going in there, and to destroy that person. That's why when a person has been uh, uh, set free, you need to refilling with the Word of God and the the Spirit of God. You can pray for a person to receive the Spirit of God. All right. And it came to pass as he spoke these things, a certain woman of the country lifted up her voice and said, "Blessed be the womb of that bare thee and the path which thou suck." In other words, the woman would say, "Yeah, bless your mama, bless your mama, because oh, your mama is blessed because she had you." But he said, rather, blessed are they that hears the word of God and keeps it. See, it's not just good enough to hear the word. you got to keep it. And what is the word of God? It's the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the uh, revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the revelation of Jesus Christ? All the prophecy through the Bible is Jesus Christ, the prophecy. That's why every good man, every good woman, Use the prophecy so they can defend themselves at night. When they're being attacked, yes, you're going to be attacked. But when you're attacked, attack back. That's the thing. Don't turn back. Attack back. But I've been hurt. I've been wounded. Church folks wounded me. Church folks turned their back on me. So pray fast. Ask the Lord to save them. You never know when they might turn around and be the one to be able to help you one day. But if you ain't praying for them, then the world's getting eviler and eviler and eviler. Then it says, and when the people gathered together, the 29th verse, it says, when the people were uh, gathered thick together, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign. They shall no sign be given them but the sign of Jonah, the prophet. Well, what sign was that? The three days? Remember, I told you, God deals in numbers. Three days and three nights, Jonah was in the belly of the whale, or the big fish. And that says, For as Jonah was a sign unto Nineveh, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in judgment and the men of this generation, and condemn them, for she came from the uttermost part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. In other words, Solomon was known for his wisdom and stuff and knowledge. You yeah, have Barisheba came all the way up to hear Solomon and what he had to say. And Solomon says, you know, when he got she got through, she said, not even half is known about how knowledgeable you are and how you take care of your people. Here comes Jesus and says, hey, I'm even greater than that. I'm greater than that. Then the... Uh, the, saying, the men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with This generation And shall condemn it For they repented at the preaching of Jonah And behold A greater than Jonah is here In other words The people that hear the gospel The revelation, the knowledge, the understanding It should cause you to Be condemned And repent I had a friend of mine, he's dead now But his word said If I went to a church and I don't feel condemned I ain't coming back to that church anymore. They trying to make me feel good, but they ain't trying to keep me from my sin. God wants us to separate ourselves from the sin. He said, come out from among them. Don't touch touch the unclean thing. He wants us to be holy nation. That's why he got this word, H-O-L-Y, holy, 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 holy. Our God is holy. And he wants his people to be holy. He doesn't want the devil's people. He wants the people that belong to him and that we separate ourselves and live a holy life. It says, and, and once you do this, I'm trying to tell you, I'm going to talk a bit about this. Once you really change your life, there is a light inside your eyes. There's a light inside your, your body. And those that are spiritual, able to see those things. And those that are not, won't be able to see it, and they move in the flesh. And the flesh is the enemy of God. But the spirit is what able to see the movement of God, the spirit of God, and know that we're operating just like water in the spirit of God. And it says, here it is. Says so no man which has lit a candle puts it in under into a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in see the light. The light is another word for understanding. That's another word. So the people that surround you, you don't know if you're smart or dumb until you open up your mouth. People cannot judge you until you open up your mouth, and then I'll know if you got wisdom or not. It says, the light of the body is in the eye. Therefore, when the eye is single, clear, that's what it means, clear, the whole body is full of light or understanding. And when the eye is evil, the body also is full of darkness or confusion. You got people that want to prophesy to you and say, well, the Lord told me this about you. And The Lord told me, look in their eyes. Look in their eyes. If you're spiritual, you're going to be able to see if it's light or dark. If it's light, you better listen and put it in the back of your head. If it's dark, you ain't got to listen to that. They're talking from either their flesh or from the devil. Either one of them, the flesh or the devil, is not going to prosper you. The only way you prosper is you hear from the from the Lord, which gives you understanding, which means light. It says 35, Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkened. So there's people that start off in the light and end up in the dark. They'll start out praising God. Then they start trying to figure out everything for themselves. Don't do that. Operate by faith and not by sight. If the whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole body is full of understanding. That's what it says, full of light, full of understanding. As the bright shining of a candle does give the light. In other words, most of the time when you you move in the spirit, people will come to you ask questions. They can, the you know, they may not even know you, but they say, some reason I'm being drawn to you. I got a question, or I need to talk to somebody, or I'm going through some stuff, and all of a sudden they start telling you things. Why? Because the spirit is light. It is knowledge. It's understanding, and it's drawing them to you which is to the Holy Spirit. And if you get out of the way, the Spirit will talk through you. 37. As he spoke, a certain Pharisee uh, invited him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to dinner. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dining. Now, that's in there again when Jesus' disciples are walking through the cornfield, and the uh, they condemn and say, "Well, your your disciples didn't wash their hands before eating." Now they condemning Jesus. He ain't washed his hands before eating and stuff. But a lot of times we look at the small
2: things—a
1: net, I mean, an elephant and choke on a net. We look at the little things and want to find little nick
2: things that we can pick
1: at people. You ain't holy. You ain't this. Listen, stop trying to judge somebody. You got a new problem with your own then it says the 39th and the Lord said unto him now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter but inward part is full of ravaging and wickedness you fool did not he that made uh, that which is without made that which is also within but rather give alms of such things that you have and behold all things are clean unto you in other words, stop trying to find things to judge folks about and try to find things to find good things about them and to help people. Because when you help somebody, God writes a book, and he, when you do something for God to help somebody, it's in the book. You will receive a reward. Those that talk about the, uh, the God that we serve, which is in the book of Malachi, he said when he gets ready to make up his jewels, you'll be one of those jewels that he'll put, up and put them in his crown. So, he who gives to the poor lendeth unto God. And as I say, it doesn't mean money. It means time. Whatever God needs that person to have, then you should be able to help him. Then it says, 40, says But what unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe, mint, and rude and all manner of herbs, and pass over the judgment and the love of God. Those ought you ought to done, and not have left the others undone. In other words, there are good uh, things that were written by the Pharisees. that's called the rabbinical Pharisees, and they had uh, different laws. Yeah, some of those laws are pretty good, and that's what you should strive to do. But there are higher laws, and the higher law is to take care of one another, to answer
2: the, answer the
1: call for the sick, the poor, the afflicted. Give them something. Don't just say, I'm praying for you. That ain't giving them nothing. You need to give them something, and then pray over it so that God has something to multiply. Okay, forty third. One to you, Pharisees, for you love the upper seat of the synagogue and greetings in the market. In other words, you want to be seen of everybody. Yeah, look at him. He gave this. She gave that. Boy, she really loves people. Look at all she's doing. If you're doing it just to be recognize you ain't doing nothing. you got your reward. But it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are as graves, which appear not or invisible. And the men that walk over them are not aware of you. In other words, just because you think you're somebody, you may not be nobody in the kingdom. It's better to be nobody in the kingdom and let God bring you up and promote you and you promote yourself. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus thou reproach us also? In other words, here's the Pharisee, he, he's rebuking them, and here's the people that supposed to know the Bible, know the law. And he said he's rebuking them too, and he said, Woe unto you also, you lawyers, for you laden men with burden grief to be born, and you yourself touch not the burden which one of the, with one of them of your fingers. Woe unto you, for you built the sepulchres or the tombs. Of the prophets and your father killed them. Truly, you bear, truly you bear witness that you allowed the deeds of your father, for they indeed killed them, and you built Arsacena. Therefore, also he said, the wisdom of God. I was, you see, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute. In other words, if you you tell them the truth. You're trying to witness to people. You're trying to let people understand. This is what God wants. And people talking, oh, boy, you're a real good preacher. Oh, you're a good, kind person. And all this, I start checking myself. Because they're supposed to, according to the word, you're supposed to go through persecution. You're supposed to go through being talked about, brought down. Because the people of this world, there are people of this world are the children of the devil. And if you're not a threat to them, oh yeah, they they invite you right in. They have to Go ahead and preach, boy. Yeah, tell them about how to make money. Tell them about how you're going to get the uh, the big walls and stuff for your your castle. How you going to put that palace up that you want and stuff? Instead of worrying about what can I do for the poor? Who is that that needs help? Let me go find somebody so I can help them. So, anyways. As goes on, um, uh, uh, verse 50, that the blood of all the prophets which were shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. Which generation? The generation, the last generation is coming up. The one that's going to really see the judgment. For the blood of Abraham to the blood of Zechariah, which perished between the altar and the temple, but verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Wo to you, lawyers,
2: for you have taken
1: un- away the key of knowledge. Knowledge is power. The key of knowledge. You enter not in yourself, and them that were entering, you hinder or keep out. A lot of times people say, oh, you don't need to read the book of Enoch. You don't need to read these other books that teaches you how to live righteously. How to do things that's right, oh no, that's not for you no that's that man those are, those books were thrown out on purpose, they were hidden for the last days for those that are called in for the last day, because God is getting ready to pour out the spirit of all flesh, his sons and daughters are going to prophesy the old men, the young men we're going to have power that you cannot even begin to imagine, but you got to remember we're here to fight against the kingdom of darkness. And we're not supposed to give up. We're supposed to bow him. Then it says, 53, And he said unto these things unto them, The scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him veniently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. Uh, that's one of the things what the Bible says, Paul wrote, he said, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Because a lot of times, people are throwing questions at you to trick you, to get you to say something wrong so they can accuse you. So that's why we, as the children of God, we walk in faith, we eat the word, we drink the word, with the word, it's also called water. We study the word day and night. In other words, what I feel like I I, need, I want to or when I don't feel like it. I don't care if I read number one chapter or one verse. As one verse or one chapter. more I have in me than I had before. You'll have to fight through because your thoughts, your thoughts is what you've got to strengthen because the devil comes to attack your mind. If he can defeat your mind, he's got you defeated.
2: But as long
1: as you don't quit, you don't give up, you keep on fighting then you have the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit to help you. All right. Anyone out there, anybody want to call in and ask questions? We're down to about the last 15 minutes now. All right. Um, Dorothy, are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here. Do you
1: have anything you want to add or anything?
0: No, I'm always weary of saying okay. no. Oh, someone just raised their hand. Hold on, let's
2: see. Okay. Area area code
0: nine one three. Your mic is open.
2: Yes, uh, Pastor James. Earlier in your show, you were saying that uh, by by prayer, reading the Bible, uh, that uh, you grow the Holy Spirit inside you. What about because uh, I know some people are not, you know, not uh, able to read because of their because of their ch- job and time constraints and things of that nature. What about just listening to the Bible? You know, like the uh, the Bible on cassette or CD or on the internet. What about that? Okay. Now the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the
1: word of God. So yes listening over the radio, listening on CD, listening on TV. Uh, I used to be a truck driver, and I would put it on my CD and listen to it. That's how I learned scriptures, because the Bible is telling us faith comes by hearing. So that's the most important thing. You've got to be able to hear, but then you've got to have an ear to be able to hear so that you'll be able to discern. What? what is this that I need for today? I can't eat for tomorrow. I can eat just for today. So the more that you study, the more you eat, the stronger you become.
2: Now, now, does that also give you a discernment uh, when it comes to, you know, pastors like on the radio? You know, to yeah. discern or, discern whether that whether they're telling the truth or or not. I'm glad you asked that because, like I tell
1: people, I said, don't even trust me. Study the Bible for yourself. Be like the Bereans. They study the scriptures daily to see what Paul was teaching. Was he teaching the truth? And I told you what the teaching is all about. What is the good news? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, all the prophecy is what you really need. The prophecy gives you power because he will... Quote things that's going to happen in the future, just like uh the book of Acts, which was done, i mean uh done by Luke, he quoted a lot of psalms in there, and because of that, that's what he was preaching that's what Paul was preaching, and as we preach the psalms and understanding proverbs and ecclesiastics, it gives us power, authority over the things of this earth, in other words. This is a place we're just passing through. Earth is not our home. And because of that, we got to get heavenly knowledge. We got to get rain from the heavens so that we'll have a fruitful season and be able to
2: help others. Now, now, uh, I, I do have another question. It's not relevant mm-hmm. to your show. No problem. But uh uh I, I have a little bit of confusion of uh where it talks about the hundred and forty four thousand in the bible okay. uh, are are those people going to reign with jesus what what I don't quite understand and and is that all the only okay. the only people that are going to heaven all right
1: now there are people that I believe, in fact, I know it is, is Jehovah Witnesses, and they believe there's only the 144,000 that's going to make it into heaven, and they will be, and they'll be with the Lamb of God. But if you search it in the Book of Revelation, you'll find out it tells you that these people are not people that's born, you know, and say, okay, I'm, I'm one of the 144,000 but they're chosen from the different tribes of Israel. And, and if you really search it all the way out, you'll find out that uh, one of the parts is when they talk about the children of one hundred and forty four or 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from that tribe, two of the tribes that are originally in the Old Testament are not in the book of Revelation. Two of them were taken out. And that's because Joseph's two kids, Manassas and Ephraim, was added in, and they were going to get the blessing. that the other forefathers lost because of the sin that they did. So, being that way, the people that claim that they're the, they're one of the hundred and forty four thousand that's going to be uh 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 in heaven with God, you can find that it's wrong. So this look at uh. It's in Revelation, the 12th chapter, and uh, I think it's about the, uh, no, the third verse. Let's see what it says. It says, harm not the earth, neither the seed nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. And I heard the number of them that were sealed, and there were sealed 140 and 4,000 of the tribe. Of the children of Israel So it made it very clear These will be Jews They will not be Gentiles They'll be Jews Because the Jews have prophecy That they're going to go through The seven years of tribulation According to us The Christians are supposed to be taken out After the uh, fourth chapter In Revelation So we will not be here But uh, Jews will be And there will be They say uh of uh, the tribe of Judah was sealed 12,000, of Reuben 12,000, of Gad 12,000, and of Asher, and if you can read it, that's always in the seventh chapter. And then you'll see where it says Manasseh in there. Well, Manasseh is not one of the children of Israel, but that was his grandchild, and that was Joseph's children. All
2: right. Did I answer your question? Yes, that's, that's all I have
3: Okay
1: Well,
2: thank you very much
3: You, you have, a have a good day. day
1: Bye-bye Okay Let me get back here to uh, Acts, the four, uh, 14th chapter And let's get back to the 19th verse Or the 18th verse So, uh as I said, they thought that that, uh, that Paul and Cyrus were gods And stuff, and he let them know, no, we're not and not to worship us, that we are men just like you are. And uh, well, after that, then they got mad at the 19th person. It says, and they came near there, certain Jews of Antioch and Iconium, which persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out into the city, supposing that he had been killed. In other words, they stoned him out of the area that the disciples stood around him, and he rose up and came into the city. And <clears throat> the next day, and he departed. With Barnabas, and when they had preached the gospel, the gospel, as I keep trying to tell you, is the uh, prophecy of the Bible into the city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconia and Antioch. What is, why would they have to teach the gospel? Because they have to teach people how to understand the, uh, the prophecy. You can read the prophecy, but if you don't have no understanding, it won't help you. So you need somebody to teach you. That's why the Bible says it leads you and guides you in all truth and that they got to have a teacher or a preacher so they can hear and learn. 22nd verse, it says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in this faith, that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Most of you I don't want to suffer. God ain't caused us to suffer. Well, Here it is, right here, very clearly. Concerning the souls of the disciples, meaning learned ones, ones that were learning, and exhorting or warning them to continue in the faith that we must go through much, not some, much tribulation to enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, we got to fight. And when they had ordained the elders in every church and had prayed, with fasting and commenced them to the Lord on whom they believed and after that they passed through they came to Palfilia, and when they had preached the word in Pergy, they went down into Atalia. now those names I do not un- know because I've never looked them up but everything that you see every name means something so when you get a chance you need to look these things up in the Hebrew books. And here they sailed into Antioch, from whence they have been uh, commended to the grace of God for the work they, which they fulfilled. Now, when I'm talking about these names and stuff, like the word uh, Bethel, it means house of God, the word Jerusalem uh, means foundation of peace, Bethlehem, house of bread. So in other words, uh, Bethlehem, you see, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, King of peace and King of righteousness. So that's why I said It's better to look through these things for yourself. I don't know them all, but it's a good thing to study for yourself. It says 27 and when they come and together the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith. Faith means trust unto the Gentiles. They trusted on by what they heard the word said, and they trusted in the scriptures, and they trusted. That's what faith is. Trusted in what God said it was true and that they would receive the blessings. And there they aboded a long time with the disciples or with the believers or with the learners. So this is the thing. Learn these things. Find the prophecies. Read them. Study them. Know them for yourself. And as I said, the more you learn, the stronger you become. The less you depend on man and the more you depend on God. That's why it says don't depend on horses or on flesh, but depend on God. He's a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit means understanding, and understanding the truth. As I say, God hides things. And as I say, hopefully maybe next week there will be some people out there that want to know the truth, want to ask questions. Don't accept just anything I tell you. Study it for yourself. So, Dorothy, uh, I guess the next time we'll start back on uh, Acts 15, because you said we were going to do 13 and 14. We did today. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> so, and then plus we got in about you know dealing with uh, spirits and casting out spirits. The Bible talks about this over and over and over again, and that's why when we read uh, about Acts, we talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. And here we uh, they said about what the, you know that as we were studying earlier. The things that happened with Paul and with Silas and all the miracles that happened, even though he got killed, he came back from the dead. This is why we need to get ourselves completely ready for what's getting ready to happen on this earth and get ready to pack our bags that we're going to leave this thing. And Lord knows we we, gonna strive, that we know we're going through things, but we know there is a reward at the end. Well, anything else you want to say or anything you want to comment about, Dorothy?
0: The only thing that I've been impressed with this whole study is how much or how important it is for us to become disciples and to become get to the point where we can become apostles, which means sent ones, right?
1: Right, Uh uh-huh.
0: <clears throat> because there is a certain amount of responsibility in being a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. That's about it. Well, I hear you. Well,
1: as I said, I'm putting it out to the audience. I'd love for you all to call me in and let me know you're listening. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a two-hour program, and I'll be asking the Lord, help, help, help. <laughs> All right, well, let me pray for the folks. Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne room and asking you for miracles, signs and wonders. For there's too many people are going through pain and sickness and diseases. And as your word says, we have to suffer to go into the kingdom. But it didn't say we will always suffer. It didn't say every day we will suffer. And because of that, I look for the times of rest, the times of restitution, the times to be blessed. And I'm asking for those children of God that has studied your word and received the engrafted word in their heart to live it, to trust that God's word will work if he'll work the word, that God's word will work for them, and that God is a king, and that he is in authority over the two heavens that I'll one day that all the heavens will be one again. And our servant, the one whose name Jesus Christ, who came, he said, I didn't come for you to, to serve me, but I came to serve you, will be called the good and faithful servant who will unite us with our one and faithful God who told us that we would believe his son and sacrifice ourselves to the son that healing would be in his wings, and he would lift us up. We know that the last days are coming. We know there's a time of judgments coming. And right now, I ask us to the, uh, the steady put on the whole armor of God, and not only that, but be washed in the blood or in Jesus' life, that, that life blood will be in us, and that we may be able to help some man, some woman, some boy or girl to meet Jesus, and that we can be healed and satisfied with the, the food that God has given us, the manna which God has sent from heaven to feed us, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. We're careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, Amen.
0: Amen. 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 So up to chapter fifteen already. Goodness.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good. It don't take long when you when you're really hungry about God's word. And there's some things that we when we get over to the book of uh, Corinthians that needs to be understood, and that is. About tongues, and what is the truth about tongues and I'm just throwing it out there. There are four types of tongues, and that's when we get through the book of Acts unless the Lord tells me something different, we'll probably jump over to uh to uh, uh Galatians and study that because it's time for us the believers to be filled with the spirit. It's time for us to walk in the spirit and not. Fulfil the things of the flesh, we get out of the lust and get into the starvation of wanting to feed ourselves with God's word, so until next Wednesday, not next Wednesday, two Wednesday from here, <laughs> I just want to say good night to everyone and be blessed and I'll talk to y'all later.
0: Father bless everyone good night, good night, Pastor James. Mm-hmm.
1: Good night, Dorothy. Bye.